0: So what happened was my wife and I got pregnant at the exact same time. I was working at Real Simple in that moment. And the editor-in-chief, when I told her that Kristen and I were pregnant, and she said, I want to follow you two with a journalist and a photographer for your three trimesters and record it for Real Simple readers and I was not a public person. And I knew that there were 8 million women who read Real Simple, and most of them were in the middle of the country and had never seen a family like mine. And so I said, okay, we'll do it. it, it, it.
1: Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, Are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria.
2: Hey everybody, Jason Patria here and you are listening to the lead with your brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, it is pride week here in America and around the world. And here at the lead with your brand podcast, we are celebrating LGBTQ plus pride month with our pride on brand collection. So check it out at leadwithyourbrand.com pride to hear our full collection of amazing leaders, executives, and changemakers, all who identify as members of the LGBTQ community. You can check out episodes with folks like David Ambrose, author and head of community engagement for Amazon, Yvette Miley, the SVP of DEI at the NBCU News Group, and Will Wilson Cruz, actor and activist and star of Star Trek Discovery on Paramount Plus. Plus, we have an amazing guest with us today. It is Sarah Kate Ellis, the president and CEO of GLAD. But before we get to Sarah Kate Ellis, let's talk a little bit about your brand. Now, this past week, I was teaching a leadership program at Bank of America, and I had an amazing question that came from one of the participants. They asked, hey, Jason, when is it? too much? When is marketing yourself and talking about yourself too much and turning into bragging? Well, here's the deal. So oftentimes we think of ourselves as bragging. But here's what we know from great marketers. We need to see or hear a message anywhere from 8 to 17 times before we are even aware. That's right. When you are driving down the street and you pass that billboard for a new show on Netflix, you have to pass it eight to 17 times before you are even aware of that new show. And that doesn't even count your intention to watch it. So here's the deal. I think people are constantly afraid of talking about themselves that we end up not talking about ourselves at all. In fact, the only time we share our value and we talk about the great work we've done is at that once-a-year, end-of-year performance conversation, or if we're lucky, twice a year when you have that mid-year conversation if that's what your company and your manager do. Well, guess what? Twice a year isn't enough to keep you top of mind when that great role is available. If you're just posting on LinkedIn once or twice a year, or maybe you're just sitting on the sidelines looking and liking other people's stuff, then we don't even know that you're around. So you've got to constantly be talking about yourself. Now, here's the deal. Here's where we cross into bragging. Your brand isn't really about you. No, it's about the people that you serve. So I don't think when you talk about yourself, you're just talking about you. Instead, it's all about talking about the work. So if you're going to post on LinkedIn, you don't need to say, hey, here's what I did, or this is what I just accomplished, and it's so great. Instead, go ahead and talk about the value of things that are happening. Talk about, hey, my team and I just implemented this program, and we had these amazing results. I'd love to share information so that it can help you do the same at your company or perhaps in your role, right? Talking about the work and talking about results is different than saying, hey, I planted this flag. Look at what I did. It's about sharing value, which is the second piece here, is make yourself of service to other people. So when I make a post on LinkedIn, I try and give a shout out to people and give some tips as to how people can use what I talked about with one of my clients or with a big corporation at a conference, how it can apply to you. Now, when I'm out talking to folks and networking and uh, having lunches and going to coffee, I'm not bragging about all of these things. Instead, I make myself of service and I ask them, hey, what are you working on? What advice would you like from me? What are some things that we could collaborate on? And I don't talk about what I do. I just actually do it and provide insights and recommendations that hopefully can help somebody out. So remember, when you are talking about yourself and the great work that you're doing, it's not bragging. And by the way, you never looked at a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad or drove past that billboard and said, Hey, I can't believe that company's bragging about themselves. No, those messages are always saying, Hey, Here's a problem that we can solve. If this is a problem that you have, we might be able to collaborate and help you solve that. So remember, it's not about bragging. It's about adding value and being of service to others. Well, I am super excited about our guest today. I've been dying to have her on the show for several years. It is Sarah Kate Ellis, the president and CEO of LGBTQ plus advocacy organization GLAD. Now, you all know I spent over 25 years working in Hollywood, and I've always loved partnering with GLAD to really ensure that storytellers in the entertainment and media community really represent the LGBTQ community in an accurate, fair, and positive light. Now, I first met Sarah Kate Ellis when she became the CEO and president of GLAAD almost a decade ago, and I have been blown away by our relationship ever since. Now, during her years leading GLAAD, she has run winning campaigns for marriage equality, representation of LGBTQ plus people in media, education on trans. Gender people and a whole lot more. She has moderated and participated in official panels about global LGBTQ issues at the World Economic Forum annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland. She works directly with CEOs, elected officials, and the most recognizable journalists and celebrities to advance LGBTQ acceptance. She's a regular expert on CNN and MSNBC and across print and online media. Now, prior to spearheading and leading GLAD, Sarah Kate was a media executive in publishing and the magazine business. She and her wife, Kristen, have also co-authored a new children's book entitled All Moms, and they reside in New York with their fabulous family of children. We'll be back in just a few moments with the president and CEO of GLAD, Sarah Kate Ellis. Ellis. We are back. We have a fabulous guest with us today. It is the CEO of GLAD, Sarah Kate Ellis. Sarah Kate, happy Pride Month.
0: Oh my goodness, happy Pride Month. What a great time of year it is, isn't it?
2: It is, it's an exciting year. It's a wild time of year. And Sarah-Kate, I have been wanting to have you on the show for so long because not only are you an amazing leader in our community, you're also a brand and you're a steward of an amazing brand like Glad. So Sarah-Kate, tell me when you first meet people, how do you explain who you are and what it is that you do?
0: Uh, That's a great question. So when I meet, it depends on where I am, (laughs) honestly, in the world, um, if I feel safe or not. Mm, (laughs) Exactly. You know, I think as a steward of a brand that's about media representation for the LGBTQ community, um, and people always ask me, how do you, you know, should I come out? Shouldn't I come out? And I always say safety first. But Mm. really, if I feel safe, I say that I have the privilege of running Um, the largest advocacy organization in the world for LGBTQ acceptance and rights. Um, Mm -hmm. And that we are, what we do is we go to every intersection that creates culture, which is really vast now, right? Like culture was created. It was a one way street out of Hollywood and it was a one way street out of New York media and journalism. But now CEOs have platforms. Now there's Mm. social media. Now politics in D.C. owns the airwaves half the time. So we go to all those places and make sure that LGBTQ voices are at those tables and represented.
2: I love that, and now you have been at the helm of Glad for almost a decade. I mean, it's incredible.
0: You're scaring me. I know. I still say nine years. I do not say <laughs> or, 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 or a decade. I don't say ten years. I say nine years.
2: <laughs> and, and so, so we, okay, corrected. When you think back over the past nine years, what are some of the things that you're most proud of uh, in terms of what Glad has been able to accomplish?
0: Honestly, there's so many. So when I started, um, we didn't have marriage equality yet, right? And trans representation was not only at an all-time low, it was horrible when there was representation. And so I think, you know, when we look at how far we've come over the past nine years Um, And it's been everything from one thing that's near and dear to me and actually Rich Ferraro, who's our chief comms officer, both of us, because we're both New Yorkers, um, (laughs) was making getting the New York city St. Patrick's Day parade to include LGBTQ people. And there have been people that have been working on that for years and years and years. And we also joined them in trying to do that. And we're able to achieve that. Then there's marriage equality. Then there's representation in TV and movies that is at an all time high. And as you're seeing more and more trans representation, more and more trans backlash, for sure and we can talk about that separately but all of those things i think and for me when i came to glad glad is a very powerful brand mm. so i saw enormous opportunity to use that brand to garner even more influence and access for the lgbtq community so one of my crowning jewels is for us we uh, glad is at the World Economic Forum in Davos on an annual basis, making sure that LGBTQ issues, concerns, are talked about on that global stage.
2: Yeah, and so, I mean, Davos is huge, right? And and so you showed up for the first time just a couple of years ago. What was it like taking the stage at Davos and advocating for our community in the corporate space?
0: Well, you know what's really interesting is that (laughs) if you ever talk to big movie stars or big musicians and the media says an overnight success and they'll tell you there was nothing overnight about it. That's That's how I feel about Davos. Davos was a slow burn. It took us several years. We've been going now. This will be coming up our sixth year. And our first couple of years, we really couldn't get arrested there. Like nobody would give us attention. Mm. We had to, our, one of our board members, um, Ari Getty, was very generous and has been sponsoring us to go there to because she knew how important and influential it was. And so we weren't really included. We would do side events and have conversations. But over the past several years, I think that from the relationships that we were able to build, we built the trust and built a bridge. And now we are on that world stage. And now for the past two years, we've had a seat. We've had a seat at the table of that platform. And it is really powerful because you hear from people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um And especially when you're so U.S. centric and you're LGBTQ, it is you know, look at Uganda. I mean, the draconian laws that they've just put in place in in Uganda, you can't be gay. You can't be LGBTQ there, or you will, you know, probably be killed. So, you know, I think it it gives us perspective of how far we've come. We have a long way to go, but it also gives me the opportunity to connect all the dots because it's a human rights issue um, and bringing it to the world platform in that in that context really helps world leaders understand it better.
2: Yeah. And now, Sarah, Kate, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is not only are you this amazing leader in the community uh, and an advocate, but this is really a a different part of your career because you started out as a media executive. So talk to me when you think through your career as a whole. What were some of those career breakthrough moments that, you know, led you to the great work and expertise that you show today?
0: So... I love this question. So I, uh, you know, I would say my first breakthrough moment was right after college. And I realized I I'm not creative. Like I'm not an artist. I'm not a, I don't have some kind of, you know, God given talent like that. I am in my head creative, but I'm not, yeah. I don't have an artist, but I wanted to be around creative people. Like I love creative people. I flourish around creative people. And so I always, I, I didn't realize there was a business to the creativity. Like, I don't know your minds, you know, you, <laughs> don't, you don't understand everything. And so I realized when I graduated college that I wanted to be on the business side of a creative world. And that's how I got into magazines. I worked on the business side of magazines and I did that for two decades. I loved it. I was at InStyle and Vogue and Real Simple and I launched magazines and we relaunched magazines and it was really, it was so great because I I was using what I was my talents and what I knew I had. Um, and I was really focused on marketing because I understand framing things. It's just innate to me. Like if you can frame it the right way, you can help Mm. people understand it, whatever it is. And then, um, but it was when I was at I was leaving in style and I was starting at real simple. And uh, my boss, Grant Schneider, I was interviewing with him and I, I had not been out at work. Um, I actually felt that being lesbian in the magazine business was not a good thing. Being a gay man in the magazine business actually was not a bad thing. It was, a good <laughs> yeah. thing. but being a lesbian, it wasn't a great thing. And it was a different type of like, I don't know if you were typecasting, um, Anyway, I, so what I did was I decided I was going to come out. I was not going to, I couldn't go to a new place. And um, I wanted to really be a leader. And I felt that I couldn't be a leader if I was hiding this. I had grown up different than this generation today. I had grown up thinking that's career That's a career ender. Like you come out and that's over. And I was believing this at that time too. I knew that if this was the risk I was taking, I also knew I couldn't do it anymore. That it was just lie after lie and who can keep track of them and where I was that weekend, who I was with and the pronoun game. It was like crazy. So I came out to a table of people who I hadn't worked with yet when they asked me if I had a boyfriend. I said, well, actually, no. I do have a girlfriend and I was so red. I mean, I had to be the color of a beat. I couldn't, <laughs> breathe, but, you know, like I could feel myself and everybody was like, oh, okay, great. And then moved on. And I was like, the world didn't end. Nothing shut down. Yes. yes. Did I experience some homophobia through the years in my career? Absolutely. Um, but I was able to overcome it and I was, you know, I knew my value. And I think at that moment in my time, I realized in my career, I realized I knew my value. And then I would say my third biggest career breakthrough moment. would. So I just want to say to that end, to coming out, it changed my trajectory because then I was free. Then I was truthful. Then I could lead. Um, And And that's when I started to really run things in marketing at these magazines and stuff like that. Um, And then I would say the third was leaving magazines and deciding to go to GLAAD. So I've always obviously understood the power of media because I've always worked in, you know, this this three-decade-long career, as you were pointing out, is (laughs) all in media. (laughs) Um, It's the love of my life. I love media because I understand how powerful it is. Because I understand, understood not having it grow up. I never saw myself. I never thought that I um, existed. I really didn't. And so then, you know, I, I've since married. I have a wife and we have two kids. So now my kids are three years old and I'm realizing, this is 2013, that I want to do something more, something powerful that builds the world for them for tomorrow um, and I couldn't imagine a more powerful brand to shepherd than glad. And I couldn't imagine a world without glad for my kids, whether they're in a queer family, whether or not they're queer or not, that's, you know, remains to be seen. They're 14 now. Um, and so I'm just so glad that we have glad <laughs> <for all the laughs> to come, you know? And those were, I would say, my three breakthrough moments.
2: Yeah. And, and so, Sarah-Kate, I love that you you talk about um, your family because I feel like it, as an executive that is in the public, you've always been very open about having kids and, and your wife. So how has that been sort of balancing sharing their story and knowing, you know, how much do I share about my family and, and how much is, is private when you're sort of under that spotlight?
0: That's a really great, uh, I, I think I've said that about all your questions, but this is really, I mean, at this time, no. <laughs> you know, so what happened was my wife and I got pregnant at the exact same time. I was working at Real Simple in that moment. And the editor-in-chief, when I told her that Kristen and I were pregnant and she said, I want to follow you two with a journalist and um, a photographer for your three trimesters and record it for Real Simple Readers. And I i was not a public person. And I knew that there were 8 million women who read Real Simple. And most of them were in the middle of the country and had never seen a family like mine. And so I said, okay, we'll do it. So we did do that. And it was really, honestly... It was so uncomfortable for me. I remember (laughs) when the article came out, I had so much media regret about it. I was like, what am I doing? This is too much. I don't wanna be out there. Um, But like I said to you earlier, I know how important media is. And so if I have the opportunity to utilize it, to make the world better and safer for other LGBTQ families, I can't say no. Um, In terms of my kids, We've been, it's always, you know, they live their lives off camera, off, and then there's moments and they, they kind of do love like a good red carpet at the glad media. (laughs) My My other child, not so much, but my daughter is like, I'm planning what she's wearing next year. (laughs) So I think, you know, in moderation, they don't do interviews. Um, I don't really have them in interviews with me, Um, but they understand media and they understand our role in that. My wife and mine role. Yeah. In that.
2: Yeah. And it's, I just always love during, uh, during pride right at the New York pride parade. I'll always see a great post of you and the entire family at pride, which is so, um, so awesome to see. And so reflective of what I see when I'm out on the parade route at prides uh, around the the country too. So thank you Definitely. for that. And then, of course, you and Kristen ended up on the cover of Time magazine. So talk to me about that.
0: That was a crazy thing. That was like out of nowhere. Somebody called us and said, would you come in to be on the cover of Time magazine? And I was like, who says no to that? (laughs) 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 Um, And they were like, well, you know, you're... um, we're, we're talking to a few couples. So I said to Chris, and I was like, we have to win this. We have to win this. <laughs> but we, you know, we, um, it was, I, I don't even know where that came out of, but I, I think it was really interesting. Um, because, It was, you know, the, the title was, this was before marriage equality moved forward and how it already was saying how gay marriage already won. Yeah. And that was because, the hearts and minds had been changed. The public opinion and sentiment had been moved forward. And that's how it won, because that's how we know it's a safer world and it's a more inclusive world is when public opinion shifts. So that's what we really have to work on with the trans community mm. um, is public opinion and education. Um, but I will say that when I interviewed for the Glad. I was interviewing for the GLAAD position. I flew to Chicago to meet with the executive, the board executive committee. And this was the first time I was meeting board members. And I was one of a, you know, a handful of folks that were interviewing for this job. And Jenny Boylan, who was the board chair and the head of the executive committee and is a New York Times bestselling trans writer who is phenomenal. I showed up and she says, she looks at me, she goes, God damn it. I thought you were the brunette, not the blonde. I ah! <laughs> went up the Time Magazine cover. She thought I was going to be, she thought Sarah Kate was Kristen and Kristen was Sarah <laughs> Kate. <laughs>
2: It's okay they ended up with the blonde and I'm sure they are I'm sure they are uh happy with happy with that uh choice. No, <laughs> no, Sarah Kate, talk to me a little bit about for you what it was like deciding to leave big corporation, you're at Time Inc and then dive into something that's the nonprofit space, the advocacy space. What was that decision like for you?
0: Um so I think the other storyline in this was that Glad had been through a number of presences mm. in a short period of time, and the media landscape was changing rapidly at that time. And because of that, um, because of that disruption, it wasn't modernizing as as a media advocacy organization. So when I was considering going to GLAD, It was about modernizing the organization and bringing it to today and keeping it on pace or ahead of what's happening, whether yeah. it be metaverses or AI or you name it. And so I feel like for me, um, it was an easy decision because it was about transformation and growth and building. Mm. And I think to me, there's two kinds of careers. And I know there's probably a billion other ones, but in my head, there are people who manage growth and manage a company that's in good shape. And then there are transformers or builders. Those are people that like get excited by how they can see where the organization or the company can go. And that's me. I have to constantly feel like I'm building and my team will tell you, like, at some points, it's driven them absolutely bonkers. It still does. <laughs> you know, one of the one great career breakthrough is getting a a coach and a 360. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had that on for a breakthrough. So, you know, my coach said to me, Your team, you're exhausting your team because you have a lot of ideas and you have to sequence them. And so and we work in the breaking news cycle too. So when you see some things going on and you have to react and you might have to take a bigger reaction than just a quick response. Yeah. Um. I think, anyway, that's all to say that I, it was an easy decision for me because I love building. It is such a powerful brand that I knew once it got its its footing again. It could do amazing things just by its brand. Yeah,
2: and and tell me, when you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up?
0: I wanted to be a CEO. Oh, really? I mean, I grew up on Staten Island. I watched Working Girl. Oh my I like, wow. god, I love
2: that movie.
0: I did too, and I wanted to like. I wanted a corner office. I just knew. I grew up during like Gordon Gecko, all of that, right? And so. To me, like, the power and the money were not the goal. It was what you were doing with the power to make something amazing. Um, And so I always wanted to be – I didn't know what that was, right? Like, in in college, I had – 15 different majors. I was going <laughs> to do events. I was going to be a nutritionist. I mean, and then I went to science class one day. I was like, that's not happening. So <laughs> that wasn't my thing. But what I did do was I got a degree in sociology because I knew, and and I, I think I had a minor in women's studies and I took business classes. I always knew I wanted to run something. Mm. I just didn't know what it was. And I grew up around like, stock market people. So I always thought that's what it was, but I never had a, I couldn't ever get excited about that. Um, so it took me a minute, but I tell kids all the time when I talk to them now who are especially going to college, I said, unless you know, you want to be a lawyer or a doctor, something very specific, get a great liberal arts degree, learn how to think, Learn mm-hmm. how to see things, learn how to question things and, and then you'll be, you'll find your passion along the way. Yeah.
2: Now Sarah Kate, we've been talking about the Glad brand and some of the great brands that you all support. Let's talk a little bit about your brand as a CEO and an, and an executive. Give me three words that you would use or maybe others would use to describe brand Sarah Kate Ellis.
0: Three words. Yeah. Um, driven, strategic, nonstop.
2: Ooh. Driven, strategic, and nonstop. So talk to me. As a leader, how do you show up as driven, strategic, and nonstop? What does that look like on a daily basis?
0: A lot of excitement. Mm. Um a lot of intensity, and always gaming where we're headed. Like I'm always gaming out, how do we make this a win? How do we advance this? Um, and I will say, you know, one of the things that I want to I want to get in, especially around who I am. I would add one other piece, and that's introspective which I think is really important because we don't have all the answers as leaders and we have to grow. We come to it with our own baggage, our own ambition, and we have to take pause to understand as leaders, the power and the access that we have. How are we using that for good? How are we using that to build our teams, not destroy people? Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I'm most proud of is my sabbatical at GLAAD. So we have a sabbatical at Glad every seven years of service. We get two or three months off. And um, I took mine after my seven years. And I did it to, to encourage everyone else to do it because I knew I, if I led by doing it. And then secondly, I thought, Let's reset. Let's see what happens. Um, I I'll come back at this so differently. Yeah. And honestly, it it changed. It it had a magnificent effect on the way I approached our work, our teams, um, and our impact.
2: And and what so what did you do on the sabbatical? What what got you to this place?
0: So I did nothing. <laughs>
2: The nonstop I, gal did nothing?
0: Nothing. Well, that's what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to do the exact opposite of what I did every day. So I didn't travel. I did, I mean, I did little trips. I did a trip with my mom up to Rhode Island, which is only a couple of hours away from me. Um, and I, I do go up to Provincetown every year. So I did that with my family. But I wasn't like going to India and looking for ashrams. I did a lot of meditation. <laughs> a ton of yoga and I turned off all of my media. I didn't Mm. watch the news. I didn't, I wasn't on social media and I deleted my email from my phone. Um, and I just wanted to see what kind of effect, I mean, obviously if there was something, there were a couple of breaking issues that I needed to get involved in. And so they, I got a call and we handled them. Um, but I wasn't looking for them. I wasn't tracking them. And I think it helped me and it helped my team and my team stepped into roles that before they would have always been asking permission for, but Mm. they just had to assert now and they're still in that space. Right. Yeah. Um, And it just, I think it up leveled all of our work, um, at the organization.
2: Yeah. And and talk to me, have you always been sort of nonstop, strategic driven and introspective or has that evolved over time for you?
0: I've always loved working. I mean, <laughs> you know, I think back to my early days, my first job in magazines was at Condé Nast House and Garden. And, you know, I probably could have left at seven o'clock at night. But we would stay, I would stay with my other like peers till nine 30. Then we'd go out. Like it was my life. Um, yeah. I loved it. And, um, so I think I always was, I don't think I was as introspective cause I was just go, go, go. And I think that comes with age, that kind of wisdom more, you know, you get wiser, you just get, yeah. you get smarter that you don't know everything. But those younger years, you're definitely think you're, well, I did. That ambition can really make you a little blind.
2: Yeah. You know? and, and and so talk to me, what are some of those things that you've learned to do over time to hit the pause button and be more introspective? And then as your coach said, right, like not drive your whole team nuts with so many ideas.
0: Um, well, I do do quite a bit of meditation and yoga. I think that really helps. Um, it helps calm a moving mind, you know, I mean, I, all of our minds are moving, but my wife will say to me, like, I'll sit there, you know, next to her and s- spew out like seven different things. And she's like, wow, are you done yet? Like, <laughs> <just> <laughs> now, oh, all I wanted was the salt and I've got like seven different things that we should be doing. And so thank God she's calm. <laughs> It's like being married to a Buddha. Um, So I think a lot of it does have to do with like finding your own. When I was younger, it was running and I still do jog a little here and there, but um, I prefer like yoga now and that, and, and definitely doing meditation. I do transcendental meditation and that's a life changer for me. Yeah.
2: And now, Sarah-Kate, tell me, how is it that you, like, manage and lead your brand and the Glad brand when you're sort of facing off with folks? I mean, you are meeting with CEOs and CMOs of huge agencies, huge corporations. You're working with the media, which is journalists, uh, ed- editors at large and in, in chief. How do you... How do you show up in a way that creates these win-win situations that you're looking for? And how do you approach folks when sometimes like we clearly have, you clearly have a point of view uh, and that organization or that leader doesn't buy into that?
0: Yeah, those, you know, I'm I'm in that right this second. I think one is authentically. You Mm. have to show the minute and... And I think that was one of the bigger breakthrough moments of my life is, like, once I was authentic, once I came out, once I was truly who I am. Yeah. So what's interesting about me is that my parents, who are married, just last week, now 61 years. Wow. My mom is, like, a diehard Dem, and my father is, like, a Trump guy. (laughs) Wow. and I you know, my father, you know, my father only became a Trump guy since Trump came into, and he's a New Yorker, you should know better. But that aside, um, I've always had to live in the middle of those two sides. And I've mm. always seen those two sides, um, because I've always been close to both my parents, and they're together. I mean, it's like a miracle. Um, so I think I can see other people I don't agree with it at all but I can understand how they're coming at it and they're not bad people my father is not a bad person mm. he is holding on to something in the past and you know there's a whole host of ways to 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 talk this through but I think it gives me a superpower of being able to have a have an understanding of each person's view on the world or different views on the world and how to bring those together, how to zero in on them to help people understand what it means to, you know, all of the noise, how to boil that down to a human moment um, and share. So, you know, that I felt has been a life skill that that I, that I got at the kitchen table growing up. Mm. and has, I think really helped me, especially in this role. And I think also, and sometimes this is very, very hard in this role is assuming the best of Mm. people, um, even when you're seeing the worst of them. Um, and so I think that it's a really hard thing to do, but if you're looking for the win if you're looking to move public sentiment and opinion, and you have somebody in front of you, and if you go about it, not in a combative way, but in a bridge building way, um, I always say bring a hand, not a hammer, and mm-hmm. have a conversation. And that's what we do at Glad. is we have conversations. We tell stories because we know that changes hearts and minds. That opens people up. Um, it's really hard to hate someone once you know their story and what hates them. So, uh, you know, I think that is one of my superpowers.
2: Yeah. And now I know everyone has a brand and a style that doesn't necessarily mesh with everyone, right? None of us can be everyone's cup of tea. How do you handle those moments when you're not someone's cup of tea?
0: I think I'm old enough to realize, move on yeah I move on i I tap out. I just just said to uh Rich, our chief comms officer, like I think I need to tap out of this one. Like they're taking a lot of my time. They're unmovable, and they're just they need they want what they want and they're not willing to acquiesce at all. So yeah. I think there's a there y- you need to know when to to move on to.
2: Yeah and I love that you frame that as your energy could be spent better somewhere else right
0: that it, absolutely i mean that's that's our that's our gift right is where we put our energy is what build what we build and create and so if somebody's draining it from you you have to it takes years to figure that out though yeah. like that doesn't happen overnight yeah.
2: Now, you've been someone that's helped build amazing magazine brands and certainly championed the Glad brand, and you're helping a lot of corporations and advertisers have inclusive brands. What are some of those things that you think about in terms of marketing and branding that you've done with external things that you think everyone could use for their own career and to market their value?
0: Um, I think first and foremost, you have to know what it is that you offer, Mm. right? Like I, you can't be everything. And so I, you know, and, and, and there is this moment, at least early in my career, I don't know if it's so much with the, this next generation where you tried to be everything to everyone, um, and you could do it all. And what I, I was an assistant at a magazine and I was awful at it. But I was trying, you know, and treading and I was terrible. my executive functioning is not like people make movies of what not to do. And I was someone's assistant trying to get them from here to there and do this, that and the other thing. And that's like, you need a good executive functioning for that. Right. So I think the sooner you can understand what you're really good at, what mm. your special sauce is, um, And not worry that that's exposing what you're not good at, right? Like, and being comfortable with saying that I don't, that's not my thing. That's not what I'm really good at. I am really good at A, B, and C. And that takes a bit of introspection. And that takes a bit of just trial and error, right? Figuring it out. And then building yourself that way. Because you are what you speak. So if you're out there telling people what you're good at, they're listening, so tell them what you're good at. Don't tell them what you're bad at. And I think, you know, and then they hear that and they sort of become your, you know, evangelize what you're doing even further.
2: Yeah. And I love that whole notion is like, we have to advocate for ourselves, right? We have to set the message that we want other people to amplify.
0: That's absolutely a thousand percent. Um Like one of the good things, one of the things that I'm really good at is framing and reframing. I could do it in a heartbeat. I could do it with my eyes closed. And it's like always trying to find the way that something's going to land, right? And I never even realized that until my coach was like, all you do is frame and reframe. And I'm like, I'm a framer and not a (laughs) a (laughs) part.
2: And that's the amazing thing is like, you did that in a career in publishing And that same superpower is what makes you so great leading an advocacy organization.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, right? It's kind of confusing.
2: Yeah, so Sarah-Kate, I know we could talk all day, but a couple of fun, uh, quick closeout questions. We've been talking uh, all about your brand and Glad's brand. What is your favorite brand as a consumer? What are you obsessed with uh, these days? What can't you live without?
0: I love my YOLO, which is my yogurt <laughs>
2: <laughs> and why do you love Yolo
0: Yolo my favorite yogurt around the corner from me
2: I'll give you another fun one if Sarah Kate Ellis was a car what type of car would you be
0: oh that's I would be ah uh, God well I'd be two can I be two it you can on be
2: two you can be two thank you you're a transformer
0: I am a transformer. One would be a Mercedes station wagon because that's just my favorite little car to like just adorable and then the other would be like a two-seater drop top um, little I don't it, I don't even Alpha Romero, you name the brand something fun and European and whipping around.
2: Yeah and Sarah Kate, tell me why are you like? the transformation of a station wagon and like this two-seater roadster?
0: I think because I can move comfortably between like the heavy lifting work and then just having fun. Mm. I do think that the most important thing in all of it is that you are enjoying yourself as best as you can, even if it's hard work and it's it's tough work and frontline work is not easy but you have to find the joy in it all. So that's, uh, otherwise there's no sense in it.
2: Yeah. And finally, what would be your best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners?
0: Don't pigeonhole yourself. Give yourself, especially at the beginning of your career, just give yourself space to try things on, to experience, but go in and just do it, like get in there, get into, and think about also, I would say just, so try things on, just do it. And also think about what you love and think about how that can be a career. And I don't mean like you love to knit. So now you're knitting, but like, do you run a business of yarn or I don't know, something like build it, Find what you love and then build it up.
2: I love that. Well, find what you love and build it up. Thank you for finding what you love and building up our community, Sarah Kate Ellis. It's been great having you on the show. And tell us, if people want to learn more about Glad, where should we go?
0: Well, thank you for that. Go to glad.org, and that's G-L-A-A-D, so two A's, dot org, Um, and all the information. In fact, we just have a new website went up live today, so be one of the first to see it.
2: Yay. Well, Sarah Kate Ellis, happy LGBTQ plus pride month. I will see you in the parade in New York.
0: See? Oh, I can't wait. You're coming. Yay.
2: I'll be there. I will be there to cheer you and uh, Kristen and the kids on and all of the glad peeps.
0: Yay. We better have nice weather.
2: I I know, right? Because we're not having it in LA, so I'm I'm hoping for New York. Um, <laughs> awesome. Sarah Kate Ellis, thank you again. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts.
1: Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level?
2: OK, that was an amazing conversation with Sarah Kate Ellis, the president and CEO of Glad. You know, I was mind blown because I've known her for over a decade, and yet I still learned so much about her career and her leadership advice. It was just amazing. But you know what really stood out to me from my conversation with Sarah Kate was this whole notion of bringing your best self to the table. Now, I know we always talk about your best authentic self, but for LGBTQ plus folks or anyone with something that may be an identity that isn't necessarily visible, when you hide and conceal those things, you're not bringing your best self to the table. I love that Sarah Kate said her career really went into hyperdrive when she was comfortable coming out and showing her best self, and spending less energy hiding, and more energy creating value. On top of that, I love that Sarah Kate really talked about putting yourself out there. You know, she didn't want to be followed by a journalist. She didn't necessarily want to be the person that was in front of the camera and writing the bylines. No, but you know what? By putting herself out there, she found opportunity where she could contribute her superpowers to make a difference in the world. So, what are you holding back on, and how is it that you can bring your best self to the table every single day? and put yourself out there for opportunities because you don't want to be limited by what's going on. Instead, you want to think about your value and your superpowers and how they can help solve a whole host of problems. Well, that's our show for you today. If you loved what you heard, make sure you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and we'll deliver a brand new show every single week. Plus, we're celebrating LGBTQ plus Pride Month. So check us out at leadwithyourbrand.com pride for our full Pride on Brand collection. If you'd love to connect with me, check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. And if you've got a question or a topic you want me to cover on the show, make sure to connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a direct message so that I can have your answers on the show. Now, most of all and most important of all, in your career, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks.
1: You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria.